0: What's up, guys? This is uh, Jacob back with the No Easy Buckets podcast. Uh, thanks for thanks for joining back in with us. I got Blake back again. Uh, Blake Thornton back again. He joined us last episode to talk about a little lottery, little lottery, uh, lottery talk, and the pre-draft, uh, you know, rumbles and stuff. So he's back with us again today. Glad he could join us. Appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah, too much too much craziness has gone on <laughs> since we last talked. We had to jump back on and hop
0: hop yeah, back gl- to it. You had to you had to. It's busy season. You gotta churn out content the whole time. but, uh, but like we said, you probably if anybody follows the NBA, you probably saw um the big news Saturday night. It was a like Saturday night news dump. It was, uh, which I think is cool also that no everybody was talking about the Warriors like a week ago, and rightfully so, and it's like everybody's down in the dumps about the playoffs not being as good and so many blowouts. Then all of a sudden, it's like the draft just takes over everything, and no one has talked about the Warriors like at all.
1: Yeah, in the last
0: three or four days, and it's no, great.
1: No, no headlines whatsoever about the he- about no. the Warriors in the past three days, and it's been amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just to me that's what is is just evidence in another way of you know dynasties not really being what they used to be in today's world. So you, you just the amount of media coverage, nobody's going to get. You're not gonna you're not gonna lose viewers in the NBA, and I'm not worried about it, but. um That's a different conversation. Um, We did kind of want to start this episode off with a little recap on on what the Saturday night trade was. It was um, what looks like, and it did become official today on Monday, but uh, Boston is trading the number one overall pick, which hasn't been drafted yet, just the rights to the number one overall pick, to Philly, to the Sixers, for um, the number three pick, which in this current draft, and next year's Los Angeles Lakers pick which is going, which was a previously traded draft pick. If it yeah. falls, yeah, it's pert- two super weird protection. So the Celtics only get it if it's between two and five. And I went re- back and reread this. It's super. I thought it was the other way around. Yeah, but yeah. The Celtics only get it if it's two, three, four, or five. So they have four chances at it. If it's one or six through sixty, it's or six through thirty, it's it goes it stays with the Sixers. And so if it stays with the Sixers, then the 2019 Sacramento Kings pick that the Sixers have will go to Boston. Or the whichever the Kings pick or the Sixers pick, whichever one is higher that year, will go to Boston. So uh,
1: You can both say those are likely to happen, maybe. Right, right, I mean, right.
0: Yeah, so I mean, odds are you're getting a lottery pick at worst. Top ten. Back,
1: we'll say top ten.
0: Back-end lottery pick at worst over the next two years. Um, one one back-end lottery pick at worst over the next two years, which is a pretty solid trade, um, I guess, if you're looking at it from Boston's perspective and Danny Ainge and, and everything. Um,
1: Dude, let's go first thoughts. First yeah. thought that entered your mind when, first thought, you, when you saw this trade happen. <laughs> first thought was that why did Philly do this? Because at first
0: I thought they were getting both picks, the Lakers and the Kings pick, back-to-back years. But then when yeah. I found out it was an either-or, I love the trade for Philly because love. Philly won. Yeah, Philly. I mean, Fultz is the perfect player for them. Can play off the ball. Can play with Ben Simmons. You know, off the ball. Can handle the ball. Uh, can distribute. Can shoot. Uh, can spot up. He's he's probably he's the best top to bottom prospect. Is is you know every outlet is is rated this this offseason. So uh, I think it's a trade that Philly had to make. This is why you have those assets, and, and I'm glad they did it. What do you think?
1: Man, I, I think that the like like we were talking about earlier, Danny Ainge only trades the number one pick <laughs> if he thinks that he can still get his guy at three. Yeah. And and just going off that, the only person in the top three or four projected lottery picks that came to work out for the Celtics is Jason Tatum. So they Danny Ainge <laughs> the stockpiling genius that he is has to think that Jason Tatum will still be on the board at three to make this pick. That is the only way I feel like this pick happens.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, if you're aged, you have to have that feeling. And, you know, he was rumored to love Jackson as well, which they haven't gotten in for a workout, which you pointed out is Tatum being the only other one that came in of those two. Um, I think there's a chance they squeeze in a Jackson workout, you know, in the next couple of days. Oh, easily. easily can happen. I I, I like Tatum there as their pick for them uh, just because I think he has better potential and and he's more ready to go right now. But uh, honestly, my biggest biggest comment on the trade is, you know, I think Philly won the trade, but I don't really... I think Ainge might... if, If Ainge had Tatum and Jackson rated as the same level as Fultz or not that big of a gap between them, then I think that's where anybody's qualms would lie because I don't Danny Ainge hasn't been the best at evaluating players up into the you know okay, college players coming into the pros. He has been great at orchestrating trades and getting the most value possible for his assets, but if he's been the one pulling the trigger on the actual players taken, he hasn't had that much success. And that's where you come down to it is like, "Oh, it's a great trade. They got value and they still get the player they wanted." Well, is the player they had rated number 1 really the bet like is that the best decision when the other player, like Fultz, who everybody has rated the best player, maybe they should just stick with with the with the more known commodity? But again, that's just you know an opinion. So,
1: yeah. So you're saying you're saying that he doesn't want to be yeah. responsible for the downfall if Fultz isn't right. what he's projected to be. But I guess in a sense you're may, you're playing more conservative in the fact that Jason Tatum and Josh Jackson are more pro-ready. I guess in his mind.
0: Yeah, that's in his mind. Like it's it's all in. It's all about what's going on in Ainge's head.
1: I mean, I mean, maybe they, maybe they want, maybe they wanted to see what it can do. Maybe they want to give him this extra year to kind of, um, I guess, see, uh, run the offense the way that he can. Was this last past year uh, a fluke in a sense? Right. Uh, but I think in the playoffs he became a legend in the playoffs. So um, yeah. I don't know, man. I think that. I think that Danny Ainge just kind of wants to play a conservative here.
0: Yeah, I think uh, he's just. I think he's addicted to the asset game. I mean, that's yeah. that's the best thing you can come up with here. <laughs> which, it's not. I say this, it's not a bad move necessarily. It's not a, no. a huge negative. They're still going to get a solid player. I think they're stockpiling these picks to make a run in an actual established superstar, yeah. which we'll get into Ooh. a little bit more in, in a minute. But. I mean, that's that's got to be what your your plan is, to, you know, because you're obviously not going to be able to sign all these draft picks uh, in the yeah. next few years. Like, it's just too many people to have on your roster. You're going to have current players on there right now, they so have, there, there's going to be some movement. There may be more movement before draft day, but overall, love the trade for Philly. Really like what Fultz is going to be there, presuming nothing else crazy happens, and they go somebody else. Got,
1: hey, there's but, still three days, right? Right. So,
0: but right, I mean, that did kind of shake up everybody's draft because. Now you still have the Lakers that's kind of like, you know, what are they going to do at two? Are they still going ball? Or are they going to throw a wrench in the uh, Celtics' plans and take either Jackson or Tatum, you know, whichever one they – if they prefer Tatum more, I think the Celtics are pretty safe. But if they still like Jackson, I think there's a chance the Lakers reach on him. But um, I think the rest of the draft after three is not hugely affected. No. Because I think the same three to four players are going in the top four. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the teams, so I think you're gonna you're gonna come out of it having probably De'Aaron Fox at five. Unless somebody four. reaches,
1: yeah. Unless
0: this all completely changes if Lonzo doesn't go two. Yeah. Lonzo doesn't go two, then it's a dumpster fire. You know, you, and people's phones are gonna be off the
1: hook. So I guess that that brings us back to the number two. Do let's say let's say you are. Magic Johnson, and you get the call from the Pacers GM and say, "Hey, let's make a deal. Let's do this right now. I want your number two pick, and again, throw in a small forward, and we'll and we'll toss you over Paul George."
0: You're saying Pacers uh, with uh, a with the Lakers, the Lakers.
1: yeah? Well, well, because at this point, at this point, if you're the, if you're the Pacers GM, you're kind of you're trying to do anything that you can because he's already blatantly said that he's not going to re-sign. So you're right on assets.
0: Right, that was the and that was the report today that Paul George is or the report late yesterday that Paul George has plans to move on from Indiana after next season and prefers the Lakers. So your your proposed question was should the Lakers go ahead and try to get him in there now, get him a full season under the belt, yeah, get him believing in the program. And that would probably involve shipping out the number two pick or and or or some of their young assets. They could probably get by with it with a couple of players and maybe a future pick and keep this pick if they really want to, but, you know, they're probably giving up somebody that they really like. And yeah. do you do that early enough or do you do that so early before he's actually a free agent? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm mixed on it. I've been thinking about it all weekend or, you know, all, all day, really. I think, uh, if I were them, I would wait just because I just don't <laughs> think it's, I think it's just too detrimental to your roster to go ahead and, and uh, trade for him now. But I mean, what do you think?
1: I don't know. I think I, I actually, I, I, I want to see it happen in, in a sense, yeah. just to kind of, to throw another wrench in it. I think that, um, the Cavs have also been rumored to, to push and the, as well as the, the, the bulls or the Celtics. But, um, I think that if, if the Lakers want to go ahead and do it now, um, you get a pro-ready guy that could that could you know get your team off the floor in a sense.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the uh, that's the that's the thing. Yeah, you know, do you is are are the Cavs and the Celtics going to push the Lakers to actually pull the trigger? Because that would be what would happen. You know, if the Lakers may be set right now and waiting on him, but if the, the there's only a couple teams that could trade for him, and the Cavs are one of them, and maybe a year with LeBron James, maybe you. Maybe they go back to the finals and play the Warriors. Maybe they beat the Warriors. Maybe they lose in seven. Some some sort of scenario like this, and basically LeBron has, you know, showed Paul George what they could do together. And then he yeah. resigns in Cleveland for you know maybe a two year deal, something like Durant is doing right now, yeah. In uh, in uh, Golden State with taking less money to so they can fill out the roster, you know, do you risk that? Because I mean that's a possibility. I mean people are going to go play with LeBron and get and get and fall in love. So I, I don't think if Boston trades for him, I don't think they convince him to stay. I think, I think no. he still goes back to the West Coast. That's mm-hmm. why if I was Boston, I probably wouldn't make the trade unless you're just barely giving up anything.
1: Um, I think the Cavs. I think the Cavs only do it if your mindset is right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you give yeah. up Kevin Love for Paul George? I mean, I, I think if, that statistically yeah. they what they're they're pretty similar. It, uh, I know that PG can definitely create his own yeah. shot a lot more than Kevin Love Kevin Love's uh, definitely while he's a, an all-star I think he's more of a, a system all-star if you will
0: Yeah and I don't think necessarily on paper it all of a sudden makes the uh, the Cavs a, a exponentially better team trading out George for Love but I do think it's a different look you know what they could do with that roster more athletic with those guys and what they could do with that bench with those guys and are, are there more is there more rest for LeBron During the game than there is in the end with you with you having another small forward, you know defensive uh, defensive star there, and I think that's what you have to. I mean, if I'm the Cavs, I do whatever you have to do to get this make this trade happen. Because in my opinion, if you first off if you if you trade Kevin Love straight up for him maybe some kind of future pick, you're getting Kevin Love's contract off the books. And even if you can't convince Paul George to stay after this one year you do max out his potential in this one year, then you have a complete max space uh, without looking at the crazy numbers of the cap and everything and what their future is. I would assume they have max space or close to it Very cool. after George comes off the books because you no longer have Kevin Love's max deal. You're not going to have what you would have paid Paul George. So you're probably, you know if you don't, with, with a couple of easy moves, can have max space to go along with LeBron and Kyrie if you want to re-sign. Well, or if you don't, and LeBron ends up walking in a year like people have rumored to say, be, no you are no really talking max. about max.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: it, then you've got room for two max players next to Kyrie, or you can trade Kyrie and go all sorts of ways. I think it's a good spot for Cleveland. I, I think you 100 percent if you can swap Love and barely and, and not much else for George, you do it. And but also, yeah. if I'm Indiana, I don't do that for Love. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think I do it.
1: I think. I think that uh, if you, the reason why I say they would do it is because you you get something you you get a value for Paul George and let him, instead of letting him just walk yeah. away. Like if you're Cleveland, you don't. It's it's a win win win. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? If he stays awesome, if he don't, you like you were saying, if he doesn't, you get Kevin Love's uh, contract off the books, mm-hmm. and hey, you probably play the Warriors in what a fourth straight final. So I mean. The, the upside is far greater than its uh, its downside potential.
0: Yeah, and uh, I just and me let me preface my statement on saying I don't think Indiana should do that. Only if you can't get something better, I would love yeah. to get some sort of draft pick in return. Whether that whether you end up getting talent wise less back than you would hope, if you can somehow pull a pick or two and a mediocre player for contract situation. I would rather have that over having Kevin Love on his yeah. deal with the team you have right now.
1: Yeah. But you, could, you, could, you could make it work either way. Well, and that brings us back to the number two pick, right? Yeah. What does Magic do? Does he, does he make a statement with his first ever draft, or does he go chalk and, and pick the Alonzo ball?
0: I, I actually think we're going to see a player other than Lonzo taken here. I think uh, it's going to be Justin Jackson or uh, De'Aaron Fox.
1: Josh Jackson? Which, which
0: yeah. No, uh yeah, Josh Jackson or De'Aaron Fox, yeah. my bad. Yeah. Um and I actually still think there's a possibility that there's a trade there. But I, I, for some reason I have a feeling that Lonzo's not going. That's just my bold prediction. Um obviously if I was uh putting money on it, I'd probably side with the Lonzo camp, but um you know, that's that's just my opinion. I think they're g I think there's a really good chance they go Jackson.
1: Yeah. But I mean, you get you get an immediate scoring, and also I don't <laughs> already going in. I don't know if uh, Lonzo Ball and D'Angelo Russell could uh, coexist in the same offense. There's a there's a lot of tension there. I feel <laughs> like. <laughs> I
0: think they can make it well. there's I'm a big D'Angelo fan. I think there's a lot of playmaking there between them, and they could uh, shuffle the ball handling duties. It's all about the coach, and I think they have the right guy there with Walton. You know, he's worked with personalities, is you know, in Golden State. I, I think they have the right, uh, the the right infrastructure in LA to to come out of this down period that they've been in. Um, you know, now that they're free of the Kobe contract, so I really do think that putting the best talent together and trusting in you know Magic Johnson and, and Luke Walton and the staff they have, I think is the best bet. Yeah. So if you think Lonzo is the best overall talent, I think you draft him and you put him with those guys and you make yeah. it happen. You know that they, they used to think that Monte Ellis and, and Steph Curry was a was a problem. You know they they, they didn't know who to uh, yeah, choose good. over them. You know they ended up choosing the right guy. I, I think you, I think you work with them both. I think Lonzo could uh, could definitely play a spot up shooting role, in addition to you know running second unit point or running running dual point duties with uh with um uh, with DeAngelo. So
1: I know regardless of of how he turns out his first year, whether he's all some more work in progress It's definitely going to fill the seats. So that's something that's (laughs) something to not, not to really think about, but it's, I mean, it's going to be a spectacle.
0: It's people. You can't really not think about it. I mean, it's, it's irresponsible if you don't consider that stuff, you know, uh, and I, like I, I would like to see Lonzo play there. I don't know if it will happen, but I think it would be, be very, very interesting. But, um, Let's see here. We talked about uh, Paul George's coming up. It's another guy that came up in the news today was Jimmy Butler, which was kind of just like, oh, um, like one after another after after the the trade this weekend it was just like, you know, what's going to happen now? T- next? Tomorrow I'm expecting LeBron to demand a trade. Like it's 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 just every day there's something new. And you know, t- the Cavs were linked today as being on the phone, very active with uh. Trying to form a trade, a three-team trade specifically to get Jimmy Butler. Yeah, and that was uh, I think it was reported by Woj and, and Stein and multiple outlets, uh, which is kind of odd because David Griffin I think was on the phone maybe, and he's now no longer the GM as of tonight. We
1: all, we all know, we all know that LeBron is the GM <laughs> slash point forward for yeah. the Cleveland Cavaliers. Right, so. right, he's
0: yeah GM power forward. So he Griffin wasn't the most hands-on. He wasn't Danny Ainge for sure. But uh, he wasn't, uh, you know,
1: a guy like that. But I don't know how you don't extend him if you're if right. you're uh, if you're Dan Gilbert because uh, he he orchestrated every single every single move from the past what two three years. LeBron right. James coming back, signing uh, Amon Shumpert uh, and J.R. Smith. I mean, you. I mean, you can pick, for Kevin Love.
0: You can pick apart his moves post LeBron signing all you want but they've been to three straight finals exactly and they won one of them and they you know could have if they've been healthy won the very first one in 15 2015 so i don't there's not much you can pick apart there he's been good you know and from different people i've read um he's built a good staff he's built a good analytic staff there he's built a good level-headed staff a lot of good but you know young budding stars in that front office and that's why you keep a guy like that because he's managed LeBron's personality these few years. He's managed Love and and Irving, and he's been he's he's been in the room. He's made the trades with the future in mind or whatever, and, and you just kind of like like they're rumoring like Chauncey Billups as a lead candidate, and it's just like where are you coming from with that? Like yeah, that's a that hiring Chauncey Billups is a move that the like Orlando Magic makes.
1: Yeah, the New that's Jersey Nets man. would hire Chauncey Billows.
0: Right, that's not that's well, not what wait, you it, do. If think about bad. it like this:
1: if, if what do you what do you have to do as a GM to to get a contract extension? If you go to street th- three straight finals, you know you have uh, arguably one of the best, the top two teams in the world right now. I mean, what do you do? That's yeah, that's definitely some bad precedent <laughs> within, the, right. within the within the uh, like. Know, there's, within no, the there's no there's no
0: hope. Chauncey Billows better buckle up. Right. Well, first off, I think that's just chatter from some probably yeah. stupid league. sources. There's no way I don't I don't see four LeBron James signing off on Chauncey Billups being the no, general manager. Not that I don't like Chauncey, but I, I do think he probably has potential as a coach or front office, you know, depending. But there's much better guys for the job that have a better idea uh, of the cap and whatnot, and that could. Because I mean that is a tough situation being with the Cavs because you do not know if LeBron's going to be there long term, and you've mortgaged away a lot of your picks and a lot of your future on guys, and, and you covered a bear, right? You've you've paid guys that LeBron wanted you to pay, so now you know you've got to be very careful um, with who you bring in there because if you piss LeBron off or decide he decides to leave, then you basically go back into
1: major rebuilding mode and. You know, I, you don't you don't want an ex NBA player who who might right. have great people skills and not know anything about the cap situation. <laughs> right. There's right. been
0: there's been teams that have spiraled downwards after after making those moves. But I, I do think it's interesting. I, I like Paul George. Me and you talked off offline, but I like Paul George more so than Jimmy Butler there Yeah. yeah. in uh, Cleveland as far as just his off the ball uh, capabilities is better, more of a pure, a better pure shooter. Um, can work off screens better you know would work well with Kyrie and and uh you know yeah. and LeBron there and I, well, I, I, just, the I just I just think brother. that he's a better
1: a better team player when it comes to playing off the ball uh, he doesn't yeah. require the ball in his hands uh because you have two um I wouldn't say ball hogs but ball handlers in in the Cleveland uh the, the Cavs is Kyrie and and LeBron so right I think it would it would just work out a lot better than Jimmy Butler I
0: agree, and, uh, like, and I, I think Jimmy, you know, he's a great player. Maybe a little bit better of a, you know, uh, I guess a lockdown defender, but I think there's really, you're splitting hairs with the defensive ability there. Paul George has, has been, a you know, an all-defensive team guy before, and I do believe he has um, the capability to guard a guy, you know, take some heat off LeBron and guard a Kevin Durant or guard a Steph Curry when needed. So I think... Uh, I think that would be the that would be the move there but I guess it's gonna be hard to get a trade for either of them yeah and you know you're you're really just it all depend you know you're probably, all, giving, up yeah. you're probably yeah. giving up love you're probably giving up love and something so you know if, you're, if, if, if you if think nothing big, if yeah. nothing
1: else happens we think Jason Tatum three to the to the Celtics or josh jackson who who we who we picking because I know that I know that we were talking a, a little bit earlier about uh if we go stats, I mean both average sixteen points per um the the rebounds are identical. The assists, uh Josh Jackson has a little bit more assist, uh or one more assist per game. Um their yeah, their PERs definitely. are are uh are pretty similar, twenty two and twenty four. So I mean I guess at this point you're you're not nitpicking anything uh statistically you're just going off who's going to be the better player and i think uh i think that um me personally jason tatum is definitely the guy that uh is more nba ready right now to me yeah i, I think uh
0: if it stays like it is i think you see t- if lonzo ball goes to, i think you see tatum at three um after that I, I just think tatum i i think he has a better outlook for the future he doesn't have to fix his jump shot like you do with jackson less liability Um, defensively you're giving up a little bit, but I think there's players in Boston now that can take up that slack and you can take a chance on the offensive talent of Tatum. I think uh, after that, I mean, it's kind of how the rest of the lottery shakes out. Not much change, but I do think it's interesting with Phoenix now because they were slotted to take take Jason Tatum before the trade. I don't necessarily know if I like Jackson there. Um, He would fall to them if it goes the, the way it's listed right now. I think you could see uh, – I think it would be interesting for uh, Phoenix to take uh, Jonathan Isaac yeah, I was or, just about to or, say that. or Malik Monk, which I think Malik Monk would, a little, is, would be a little bit too much like Devin Booker, but it still would be fun and still be interesting and that would be a fun team offensively to watch. But I actually like Isaac there with a little bit more offensive potential with basically the very similar defensive numbers to, to Jackson.
1: Uh, I think that um – Do you draft best available at that point at four? Or do you, like you were saying, I don't think it would be reaching to get a Jonathan Isaac or a Malik Monk to an extent, but uh, do you just go best available on what you think? Probably. Yeah, see, I mean, I think that uh, defensively, what Josh Jackson brings to the table uh, could help the, the the young, young Phoenix Suns.
0: Yeah, and right, he may be the perfect player to pair next to Booker. And with Bledsoe, we don't know if he's gonna. He's a trade target. You could get another young player picks with him. has played good there. You've got your big guys, really, your yeah. young big guys with Chris and Bender. So you're right. It's a good. It's a. It's a good pick for them. It's uh, somebody that they can take their time and really get him yeah. in with a shooting coach. And uh, but he's he's going to be able to contribute right away. You know, and with on the hustle stats and, and defensive end. So yeah, it's still a solid pick there. Actually, just uh throwing his name out there isaac i wouldn't hate him at three with the celtics either he's one of those guys that i think uh he's he's undervalued a little bit you i think he's one in two years you could say he was the best player in the draft oh yeah has the best career so far i it's probably a little too high for for boston but you know danny danny's crazy
1: Hey, you I, never know what Danny's thinking. <laughs> he's a he's a seven footer with a a seven two wingspan that can run the floor and create shots. I mean, what yeah. he averaged eight point or a tw- uh, twelve points and eight rebounds uh, per yeah, game this year. Really, so that was not being a focal point. That was really exactly. not having anybody to. It was
0: more of an afterthought. Him right. So, so, but after that, I, I think uh, I think Fox is probably set in with uh, Sacramento now that it, now, barring Sacramento. F- freaking out and trading up. I think they should keep the five ten. I think Fox will be there for him. That's who they want. Solid point guard. Uh, right now, Isaac is slotted at six to the magic. If, uh, if, if I don't, if, if Phoenix or Boston doesn't reach for him, I think they politely they gladly take, take, uh, Isaac. And then, uh, you know, leaves a little bit of a question there with for Minnesota at seven, who, you know, is got a, a bona fide star in towns, a, uh, a potential all star level player in Andrew Wiggins, you know, what do you put next to him? Do you put a sharp shooting big like Markinen? Do you go with more outside shooting like Monk and move away from a more a better pure shooter in Monk than a Zach Levine and maybe try to trade Zach Levine or let him yeah. expire? Or what do you do there? What do you think?
1: <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um see Minnesota is like in a in a spot to, um to get a a really good value here. I mean, I don't it's the only team in the top 10 that you don't really know what they're going to do because they have a Ricky Rubio, a Carl Towns, uh and Andrew Wiggins that's still playing really really well. Uh and a Zach Levine. So, I mean, at this point, uh they got Shabazz Muhammad. I mean, at this point, you get uh the best available and I mean, I think that you just I don't know. It's, it's, uh, see, but
0: best available becomes an interesting conversation at this point. Yeah. Like, in the that's very true. middle
1: of the lottery because
0: you can justify a, a slight reach, whether it be a monk or Dennis Smith or, or somebody like that or John Collins, who I saw a highlight tape of today, and he is freakishly athletic, like dunking out of the gym. But sometimes those highlight videos can make you fall in love. But I, I'm not a huge I mean, market. Yeah. Go ahead. I
1: mean, I go, uh, if uh, honestly, to me, if Malik Monk's available, you take Malik Monk. I mean, yeah. you know, you got the Zach Levines and the Carl Towns is of the world and Malik Monk is definitely a guy that could slide in at the one, two and, and just create a bunch of shots.
0: Yeah. I think that's really interesting there. I haven't really heard many people suggest him to Minnesota. I think they have Minnesota either taking uh, a and or, you know, if Isaac happens to fall, yeah, you're taking him, which Isaac would be a great pick there. now. If he happens to fall past the Orlando, which don't put it past Orlando, and was about make to say, very, decision, well,
1: very well, very you welcome. Know,
0: that would be the perfect pick. Markin is one of those players. There's, it seems like there's always a uh, young, you know, foreign big who's a shooter like Porzingis, like uh, you know players in the past like Dirk, players like that. They, they get compared to each other, you don't really know which ones are legit good or not. Markinen is a amazing shooter. He will shoot in the NBA from day one. Depends Absolutely. on the situation. I don't hate him next to Towns. I think there, you know, is also uh, I think back end of the lottery. There's some better fits for him. Yeah. But um, he might go. He might go too high. But uh, I mean, I think we're kind of consensus there. We both like Monk there. Yeah. You know, if if the, if Monk is gone, I think the Knicks probably go Dennis Smith. You think so? I think they go Dennis Smith. I think you have to take a point guard. He's an exciting player. I agree. I think you take him. Uh, Markin would probably still be sliding at that point. Then you have Dallas, who uh, I heard today loves Frank uh, Nilakina or I think that's how they pronounce it. But I think that's how. Yeah, I Frank, think that's how you said Frank Nilakina, They really like him. They've done extensive research, and uh, if he's there, that they're likely to pick him, even if it's over Dennis Smith. Um, but that's a that's a team that can afford to probably take a uh, you know a safer pick. Maybe they think that you know Nilekina is is a more uh, surefire starting point guard for five to ten years than somebody like a Dennis Smith so they can take that still knowing that they're have a great infrastructure there and uh you know built for the future so well
1: uh, if you if you go if you go on the Nicolina thing uh the Nicolina pick you were you were talking about I mean hey he get he has uh pro experience being international he shot almost 50 percent forty percent from three so uh that's definitely a pick that you gotta you gotta but that would also be reaching in a sense.
0: But he's nineteen. I mean it's it, a he's
1: a hell of a player. If he uh, played at
0: Kentucky, would he be in the top five? Do you always have to ask that question. Like
1: see, and I and a lot of these international guys don't get the love that they deserve because A, people don't really uh pay attention much to them. Yeah, you have international NBA scouts, but um it all feeds off of what the people in America are are thinking the GMs? They don't they don't travel overseas. They don't make those trips. So you're basically going off uh, phone calls and emails on uh, player statistics from from overseas. So uh, a lot of these guys don't really get the love they deserve.
0: Yeah, they're definitely not in the mainstream in mainstream news in the news outlets. Uh, they don't. You're not. You have a lot more teams that are, that are upset when the pick is made. The fan base. Absolutely. But usually, your 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 advanced scouts and your guys they know who they're picking. Yep. And, and they've done the research so if they if they make a pick that seems a little weird they probably you know have a reason for it but you know if if that goes with Nicolina there you know Smith is off the board marketing's still on there you have the Kings at ten i think the, I yeah, think yeah, the ahead. Kings
1: I think the Kings go marketing
0: I think that that is interesting because yeah they have some big guys there with uh, I mean they're slotted for Zach Collins if marketing is there i probably take him over Collins yeah but you've already got Cauley Stein and Ibisier and Papagianis, Giannis who they drafted last year too. I think putting a uh, stretch four next to him or somebody who can come in, you know, and be a uh, a pure shooter and, and and see what else can can develop in is not a bad not a bad call. There's kind of a mishmash uh, left there through 15. Not a lot of huge names, you know, Luke Kennard, somebody me and you talked about, slotted yeah. to go 12 to the
1: Pistons. He's pure shooter.
0: Pure shooter. He he's he's, he's very athletic. Works. He can have the ball in his hand. Uh, He's shot up the draft boards the past week or so um, with a couple of workouts. Um, I do think that he's a a solid role player in the pros. Well,
1: I think he goes. I think uh, talking about Luke Kennard, I think he goes top fifteen for sure, just because uh, what I've been reading and uh, you can say quote unquote sources. um, They they love the fact that he can just. He's a pure shooter. Um, I know that at uh, at Duke he was. He was lighting it up 44% from three. So, uh, he's definitely a guy that you, that you're going to want to to have on your bench coming off the, off the bench right off.
0: Yeah. And he may fit there, uh, with Detroit. Um, not sure what direction they're going to want to go in, but if he doesn't go, uh, at least by 12 to Detroit, um, I wouldn't hate him to Charlotte either at 11, but after that, you know, you have the, the nuggets, the heat and the blazers and the have to round out the lottery. Um, I don't necessarily if he doesn't go in the top twelve, I don't see either of those three teams picking him. Just because no. of the depth that they have at the guard position. Yeah. I think that most of these teams you know, they have Nicolina going into the, the heat right there. So that may I could throw a wrench. You might see them them reach on somebody, but um Kennard, I don't I don't see him sliding too much out of the top fifteen. I don't think he would get past twenty for sure. You know, one of those teams like the Bucks or the Bulls would probably bite on him out right outside the lottery, but um, not too much, uh, not not too much of a change in the mock draft and uh, what we think uh, after the trade. Just a, a shuffle in the top four, but yeah. there is still Tuesday there is still time. There's still there Tuesday are, and Wednesday, and most of Thursday. So
1: expect expect a trade with the Pacers. The Pacers are going to do it. The uh, maybe maybe not Lakers at two, but maybe they go Cavs and they're bare covered Trading for Kevin Love at, uh, tomorrow or Wednesday, but it's it's still we love this is the this is the greatest time of the year.
0: I, I love it. I would love to see Paul George in Cleveland. Please let that happen. I don't know what uh, that would that would be that would be great for me. You know the Pacers. So- do ha- yeah, the Pacers do have the 18th pick. Maybe you see something in there where you swap that pick with the team, like uh, like maybe you swap two for 18 with the Lakers, and maybe like one contract. And, and maybe that makes it makes the Lakers go ahead on it because they're not having to give up a pick without you know retaining somebody in this draft. So I don't know. There's options out there. We'll, we'll see what happens. It'll probably be something that we didn't think of. Odds are,
1: odds, uh, odds right. are we are not the experts. That's what they. That's yeah. what Woj, Woj does. If we're if we're being honest, the only expert in the NBA is Adrian Wojnowski. He is uh, going to be on
0: my. Uh, he's going to have a. A screen, one of my mini screens here in my apartment, is going to be dedicated to the to the Woj's uh, website all day on Thursday.
1: So, uh, speaking about that, uh, he tweeted out every every pick in the draft last year before they announced it. So, something to look forward to if you if you want to follow somebody on Twitter draft night. Woj is that is a must follow.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying he doesn't get information from us. But I mean just, just throwing that out there. I'm not neither confirming nor denying that he calls
1: us for information. To your knowledge. To my
0: knowledge. I'm well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna confirm or deny. I'm let's let, let the people yeah you know think what they may. But
1: if we um, had to disclose that information, we probably wouldn't get the hot takes that we have on the No Easy Buckets podcast. So sure. to bring you more content, more information, we're gonna uh we're gonna keep our mouth shut. <laughs> exactly. Keep those sources, um,
0: but yeah, we'll uh, try to go to come back tomorrow with some, uh, you know, any new news, breaking news, or, or do a one one last pre-draft wrap up, any anything that comes across the board. But uh, thanks, Blake, for uh, joining in.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man.
0: Yeah, and uh, we will see you later. Bye, guys. guys. See ya. I
2: just capped the flight. Soon as I touch down in your city, I'ma need that green and keep me hot. I just caught the flight. Soon as I touch down in your city, I'ma need that green and keep me hot. Pull up to the spot, high as ever, niggas know the code. Out in London, got my dogs with me. Bitches love us cause we keep it realer than most, they love the way I talk. I blend in like I'm from the ends, but I just flown in from New York. What's the word? Business just jumping? Joke hit my line, face bring the hate, is on the way Jamma hit my line, bring blake for the energy I'm everywhere like surround sound. You niggas can never get rid of me But the fuck they thought, dog I been glow with, new now getting passports I just copped the flight, soon as I touch down in your city I'ma need that green and keep me hot I just copped the flight, soon as I touch down in your city I'ma need that green and keep me hot I just capped the flat. So now as I touch touchdown in your city. I'ma need that green and keep me hot. From dollars to pounds, pounds to euros, euros to yen. Been keeping it thorough. We flying again, Elena Kyoto. Been taking my photo. When I hop out the bins, we flying again. On my way to the end. just check out the logo. We've been doing this. From Lille to Paris, Barcelona, Girona, Berlin out to Belgium. I almost missed my flight at Copenhagen. I was drunk and high, but I made it. I just cop the flight, soon as I touch down in your city, I'ma need that green and keep me hot. I just cop the flight. Soon as I touch down in your city, I'ma need that green and keep me hot. I just cop the flight. Soon as I touch down in your city, I'ma need that green and keep me me hot. I just cop the flight. Soon as I touch down in your city, I'ma need that green and keep me hot. I'ma need that green to keep me hot